The great sculptor Michelangelo liked to say that uh, before he began on a sculpture, he could see the figure inside the rock. And uh, what he needed to do was not so much sculpt the figure, but remove the excess rock that was in the way of us seeing what was already there. Uh, similarly, the great 20th century composer Arnold Schoenberg, uh, who composed music that would sound to most people like it's random, uh, surprisingly, when he was asked why he composed one of his pieces, said, uh, well, if I didn't do it, someone would have had to. Uh, and in defense of Schoenberg, I'd say in my own humble way as a composer over the years, I've noticed that uh, once one begins on a piece, there's a kind of inner logic, and the piece isn't so much the product of my creativity as of my discovery of what the materials already suggest, what uh, is needed for the occasion, if I'm composing a piece for the Mass or something else. And uh, it's in this spirit that uh, Bach, one of the great composers, composed his inventions. Uh, we use the word invention in a different way today. It's the product of creativity. But in fact, the Latin word just means something that you found. And Bach was expressing this idea that the music was already there. It was for him to be given this gift by the Holy Spirit to be able to reveal it to others who could hear it, hear what he was hearing. It's in this spirit that we undertake the ascetical practices of Lent. In our baptisms, we've already become the new person that God has intended, and the old Adam is already uh, dying away. But we don't immediately perceive who it is that God is intending us to become. This is something that's revealed to us, and God is the great sculptor, the great composer, who little by little chips away the excess stuff that keeps us from seeing, keeps us from in intuiting and understanding who it is that God intends us to be. And so these practices that our Lord enjoins on us for Lent, fasting, almsgiving, and prayer, whatever other ascetical endeavors we undertake, it really is not a program of self-improvement as if we could kind of map out, um, you know, we might be tempted to fast and lose weight and keep track of our weight each day, but it's not, it's not something that we can add up. Rather, this practice of fasting challenges us to come to grips with who we really are. And so I had a discussion with a friend of mine, a monk at another monastery many years ago, and we were discussing fasting, and he said, yeah, I just noticed that every time I fast, I just get really angry, so I stopped fasting. And, but you see, the, what happens is um, the fasting, the practice that God asks me to undertake during Lent, reveals to me that I'm an angry person. And so it reveals something about myself that God is working to change. And I, he, he's not going to change it without me saying yes to it. So first I have to acknowledge what my flaws are. So all of these practices uh, reveal to us something about the state of our souls and what God is working to bring about. And so again, we don't undertake them in such a way as to become proud of ourselves at the end of Lent. Look at all the things I accomplished that I ticked off on my, my cork board here. But rather to say, you know, what has God revealed to me about himself and about myself? What has he revealed to me about the church? What has he revealed to me about his son, Jesus Christ, during these 40 days of ascetical practice? So let us ask our Lord to open our hearts today as we remember our creatureliness, our dependence on him, and our end, uh, which is the life of the world to come and the regeneration of these bodies. Let us ask that this uh, process, this time of Lent, may truly reveal a greater depth of his being to us and of ourselves to ourselves.